0: do
1: you know what we're listening to is that what's her name uh the yes girl it is what's her name oh i know her name oh come on i just finished watching this movie what's her name the girl what is her name in the movie it's like uh baby it's like blue face nope yes <laughs> baby blue face nope. <laughs> baby blue, it's like baby uh, Blueface. the most unfortunate name for any character true <laughs> heart's the other lady her name is uh Baby, Baby Blueface. It's, Baby, yeah, it's Blueface. Baby Blueface. Yeah, yeah, it's Baby
0: Blueface. She, yep. What's yep. her freaking she's, What's she's her name? Choking on, she's choking on her pacifier, nah. Baby Blueface.
1: Her name's uh, Bauhaus? German German Brewha? Ba- <laughs> yes, yeah, Bauhaus. What is her name? 44, I can't remember anything anymore. Bauhaus is Ba-Haus. actually how you pronounce it. <laughs> it's got a very guttural... Uh, it's very, very What guttural. is her name? I'm just going to look it up. It starts with a B, right? It does start with a B. It's Baby Blueface. It's not Baby Blueface! What is this woman's name? Do you her. want me to tell you? I just, yeah. I'm just i actually just enjoying watching the struggle here. I, I, yeah, I can't remember. I just watched it 30 minutes ago. And yeah, her name was don't... like, uh, they were like, oh, Baby, Baby Blueface.
0: <laughs> oh, Baby Blueface. Walt Disney's Magic Kingdom Disneyland is growing every Ladies day. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls,
1: Disneyland. The happiest place on earth. This time the throw down, y'all. Have you thought about a visit to Disneyland during your vacation? You can waste time with your friends when your chores are done. Disneyland is the happiest place on earth. Join the happy people of all ages. Yes, there's
0: more fun at Disneyland in Anaheim. The happiest place on earth. Hey everybody, welcome back to Bob's and Banthas, a podcast about Disneyland, Star Wars, and all the other things that Disney Company owns that we love. My name is Scott Storm, and with me as always is my co-host, the Breathless Mahoney to my test true heart, Aaron Absolute Humanity Robbins. Aaron, hey! how are you
1: doing? Hey. I'm really I'm really good since <laughs> hey. I got I feel like I got the upper hand in that intro with the with the Breathless Mahoney. You know, you are, uh, you're vampy. Yeah.
0: You are, you're, you're like a femme fatale. Good with the like one-liners.
1: Good with the like, uh, Just why like, don't you quippin? look inside my socks and see what, you know?
0: Yeah, that's right. Just a lot of like, a, a lot of innuendo that's like, yes. I, yep. I, I don't know how this makes me feel. It doesn't make me feel very good. That was my nickname
1: in high school was innuendo. Innuendo. Yeah. It was <laughs> innuend, but my middle name was O. So it was like.
0: Was that, that was also your rap name, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was in you, and then capital N, yep. and then D O. Yeah, oh. but the O was actually like a, a uh, it was a zero.
1: With 17 H's after it.
0: That's right. Dope.
1: <laughs> yep, that was my rap name. <laughs> Welcome to Bobsleds and Banthas. Can you believe it's episode 12? Do you know what that means? I can't believe
0: episode 12. No, what does that mean?
1: It means we have sat here in these seats doing this 11 prior times and and, oh and we still keep coming back. And we still do it because it's so much fun to do. It is. You
0: know, we, we've done so many episodes at this point that I've gotten to the point where I'm starting to lose track of what episode it was. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Hey, how was your week? Uh pretty good, I think.
0: I don't know. Uh doesn't it feel like this week snuck up on us? Like yeah. the next thing like it, we got done with Indiana Jones and I'm like, oh man, that felt so good. Yeah. Doing the top ten or more secrets about Indiana Jones. I'm really excited. It's getting a lot of traction on Instagram. Like people are loving it. We're engaging back and forth. And then it's like I turn around I'm like, oh man, we're doing yeah. another show. I know. Here's oh, what, what, here's what happened. Show, here's
1: what I really think happened was uh after Wednesday. Uh, of the last time we recorded, I thought it was Friday, uh, and I was wrong. It was Thursday, but then I thought it was Friday, and then on Saturday, I thought it was Friday, and then uh, I thought it was Friday on Sunday. So you've continually (laughs) thought it was Friday. (laughs) Today, I thought it was Friday, and then I met with somebody, and they thought it was Friday tomorrow, so I was like, well, it must be Friday tomorrow. The
0: good thing is one of these times, you're getting it right.
1: Yeah. Once every seven days, I nail it. Other than that, I have no idea what we're doing.
0: Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I also had the experience where yesterday I thought it was Friday <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I was talking to my daughter and I was like, oh, well, tomorrow night when we have our Friday movie night. totally. And, and she said, uh, dad, uh, Friday's not a couple, not for a couple days away. And I, and I thought, huh. oh man, today's Tuesday. <laughs> oh no! Today's Tuesday, and Did I'm thinking work it's today? Friday right now. Yeah. Oh no! That means I have I have several more days until it's actually Friday. Yeah, but you know what? We're here at Wednesday. Yeah, we're here at Wednesday, recording the show, and it's good.
1: Missed you in my meeting this morning, Scott Star. Oh boy! Uh, so I had to hold down the nerdery by myself.
0: Uh, little peek behind the uh, the reality curtain. Uh, you know, in our in our actual professions, uh, Aaron and I. Uh, you know, I'm not going to pat ourselves on the back too much, but uh, we're big deals. Oh, we're pretty cool. big deals. Yeah, I was hoping you were going to say that. Oh yeah, yeah, we're big deals, and uh, and we had a, a meeting scheduled today that you invited me to that I was really looking forward to being a part of. And the next thing I knew, I had missed that meeting because I had because it was it was uh, it was there was a conflict with another meeting yeah. with an equally big deal. I would say even a bigger deal than we are. Yeah, uh, and so I had you to, need have that to get meeting. another
1: assistant. You're oh, at man. six. You should go. I'm at six though. I know that's the
0: thing. I'm at that point where I start uh, hiring assistants for my assistants. I
1: exactly. I love I yeah. love meeting with the guys I met this morning because they're they're Disney folks. I mean they don't work oh for Disney, gosh. but they, they speak the that. Disney language, and so it's always fun to just see see what, where they're going to take a story. It always has Walt references in it, and it's it's a good time. So yeah, other it's,
0: than that, I, I, I love when our worlds can collide that way. Right when you know we have again we we've mentioned that our professions involve a lot of uh, a, a lot of deep organizational thinking. A lot of times, uh, a lot of complex uh, moving parts. And uh, and then when that when that life can collide with the life of talking about Disney and thinking about Star Wars and and having that type of fun, oh man, that's just uh I feel like I come alive at that point.
1: How's your Star Wars mask? Are you still do you still have your Star Wars mask?
0: The my Star Wars Covid mask? Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. I've you, got you wear that two one? Of that is one. that your main? Is that your main or is that your uh is that your alt? I've got I've got two. I've got I've got a main which yeah.
0: is uh, a black Star Wars mask with the uh the the gold logo. Okay. And then and then my alt is a is a, a blue and white one that has uh like Chewbacca and Han and three gotcha. two on yeah. it. Yeah.
1: Your main sounds more like a like a tank, more like a Dorvin tank and then your alt's kind of like a like a furry healer kind of thing going on?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah cool. I think it's that's, that's fair. Yeah, it's cool, I was going to say cleric. I was going to say cleric. my, my yeah, alt course, is my yeah. cleric. Yeah. yeah. Cool. That's yeah, cool, man. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. So what do you uh, uh, your week's been good? Hello, huh? you want to talk about your week? <laughs> Still got that same haircut. How's the shed going? Tell me that's what everybody oh, wants to yeah. know. Oh, yeah. You want to hear about yeah, the shed? How's you the podcast hear... studio shed going? A lot the, of people uh, we got a lot of emails about like, oh, does Scott know how to do construction? Did he wear gloves? Yeah. A lot of concern for Scott Storm. A lot of
0: concern. So I, I want to tell you, I spent all weekend tearing down one shed, uh, one of two sheds that I actually have to tear down in order to make way for the podcast studio. And it went really well. Yeah. I actually, uh, I tore it down. It fe- I felt very strong. Yeah. I felt very competent doing that. Good. Um, you know, it, it gives you a sense of uh, it gives you a sense of place in the world, a mm. sense of uh, knowing yourself. If you can single handedly dismantle a structure down to its element parts. And then uh, haul all of those element parts away for somebody else to take away. And you did it. And then it's like it never happened
1: in a responsible way. You didn't set fire to it or something like that. And Just
0: shove it full of energy. I mean, it's your shed. You should be allowed
1: to do whatever You want. fire department shows you want. up. You're like, it's all That's right, guys. I didn't no, need no, it we, anymore. It's good. You know, it's it's okay. I it was. This is my decision. <laughs> yeah. I made this. This is my decision. It's totally under control. But uh, I guess what everybody's wondering is, hey Scott Storm, why do you get, why do you got uh, two yeah. sheds? Why do you got two sheds? What are do you doing? Why, so why, why do you need so many sheds?
0: I don't need so many okay. sheds. That's the reason why I'm demolishing them—that's them. true,
1: true enough.
0: Uh, the the uh, the the home that we purchased, uh, the prior owners, um, I I think that they. So, you know, we've mentioned we've mentioned about our collections, the things that we've collected yes. before. Uh, I'm a I, you know I collect Star Wars figures and uh, and we also collect Lego. I know that you you collect Lego as well. Well, our prior owners apparently collected sheds because uh, nice. literally there are five sheds on our property no and our property is not very large
1: wow no so uh what if that was in the realtor listening and say hey, it's a four bedroom five shed
0: <laughs> wait, wait. Uh, we refer to it as a shanty town okay. uh in the in the backyard and uh and so when we when we purchased the house we knew like well the first thing that's got to come down is we got to get rid of at at least 75 yeah. percent of these sheds you got to and so uh and so we we're again we're taking taking two of them down uh, I think there were carpenters before. Okay. I think the people that, that owned sense. it. I think there were carpenters, so they, so they used a lot for storage. Well, we don't have the need for that, so we're we're taking it all down and uh, and we're building a podcast studio in the backyard. And uh, not like in the backyard, but we're going to be using yeah. our our uh,
1: portion of the backyard. Pod to build a camp. Podcast. We're doing a studio. summer camp there. We're having kids oh, it's over. It's going to be awesome. Of, yeah, it's going to be great. Teach,
0: teaching kids how to podcast and produce their own shows, and it's going to be great. Good Fantastic.
1: stuff. Fantastic. I'm going to put some music in here. Listen to this little thing. <laughs> then, well, then when we come back, we're going to do news, right? Yeah, we're going to do news. So listen to the music. We'll come back and do news. Hey, you've listened to it. Four Uh, bedroom, five shed house. Now, did you want to start with looking at the sheds? Or do you want want to see the master bedroom first? Like, no, 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 Uh, no. We'll get to the master bedroom.
0: (laughs) let's take a look at these sheds. What uh, <laughs> what kind of sheds what are we do we talking have here? Is it like a tough shed or what do we got going on?
1: You <laughs> um, got some so news, news items, Scott Storm?
0: You know what? There's there's not a lot to talk about right now. Yeah. Um. But the biggest thing that we have to talk about, I mean, there's always lots of things <sighs> to talk about.
1: There's another one but, of those news stories. There's another one of them news Disneyland stories, and I didn't put it in the show notes because I'm trying to be good. I'm trying not to get the blood pressure up, but there was another one of those stories this week.
0: Do you want to talk about
1: it? it or was, do you I want to will just simply just say that it said that uh, Mom recreates Disneyland Electrical Light Parade. No, Mom oh. replicates. They used oh, the replicates. word replicates, a very specific a G- word.
0: It was a carbon copy yes. of a Main Street Electrical Parade.
1: Mom replicates the Main Street Electrical Parade for son. And I thought, I'm not going to read this article. It's for her son. She, she's she got her own life. I don't want to judge. And you're like,
0: I know this is clickbait.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to read it. That's I a not sweet thing not- to do. That's a wonder every day of the week, that's a wonderful thing to do. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I clicked on it, and it was like wood.
0: She wrapped her child in Christmas lights. Yep. And turn on the Christmas lights. Is that basically what happened? That's,
1: that's, ba- the, the, no, nothing moving. It was just, it was the music playing through like a boom box, I think. And yeah. then, you know, just like the cardboard cutouts, you would, uh, the plywood cutouts you would see during Christmas with yep. Christmas lights on it.
0: Well, if that replica. ain't the, uh, I don't it mind. It's just blade. the use
1: of the word replica that I mind. Well, you are a stickler for grammar. You know how I am I with my that.
0: replica t-shirt. You are a semantic, uh, enforcer. If I've ever met one. Yeah.
1: And a huge Blade Runner fan huge Blade Runner fan. Not true at all. Hey, do you really want
0: to talk about news? Yes. Okay. So uh, Disneyland uh, on the day that we recorded this, they released their opening plans for Disneyland. Like every Disneyland podcast is going to be talking about this this week. So we have to be talking about this. They're set to open. They, They begin a phased reopening. It's on the Disney Parks blog. If you want to read the entire article, phased reopening beginning on July 9th of downtown Disney proposed reopening of the theme parks on july 17th july 17th a very important date and why is that aaron robbins
1: that's the opening date of disneyland or you know the, that's the that's that date that's that's cute that's really what they're doing that's significant
0: I was expecting you to be a lot more excited about this.
1: Well, it's really settling in right now. Like I'm having an emotional moment right now. I'm not going to have you. What tease is your me. emotional?
0: Describe, describe your emotional moment that's, for everybody that's happening right now.
1: That's sweet. That's the right way to do that. I'm sorry this it, whole thing happened. Right I think it's, it's it. terrible and stuff like that. But it, that that is Disney. That's a very Disney thing to do.
0: Disneyland is intending to be open on its 65th birthday.
1: Yeah, I like that. I got like I the tiniest that. little bit of goosebumps. I hate the whole thing. I'm tired of it. I totally get it. I want to be safe. Of course you are. But 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 I think that's sweet, man. I like it. If you're going to reopen, I feel like this is the time to reopen. I'm not all and muscles and tattoos as it looks like. I have feelings. <laughs> <laughs> you have nothing. You have nothing because it's true. That's why there's a big anchor on my chest and you don't know what to say. That's right. And a and a woman that you make dance uh, when you <laughs> yeah. when you shimmy, yeah. when you
0: shimmy your shoulders back yeah. and forth. We call that the you're peck like, you polka. See my hula girl dance. Oh, the shoulders. Look at, there she goes. Yeah. Uh that's right. <laughs> Where were we in this story? Yeah, Disneyland's, Disneyland's opening, opening. opening on the 17th. On the 17th. Now, I will say, uh, you know, this is what they announced, but it is, it is just 100% wall to wall. Not unlike, not unlike the sheds that I have in the backyard, mm. which are just wall to wall plywood everywhere. Uh, this is wall to wall disclaimers, saying, you know, there's a lot of like, plan to reopen. We're intending to reopen. Mm. We're going to follow all. Government regulations and and so we're going to be doing that. So so it's definitely like it's it's hedging its bets. Yeah. It's saying our intention is to reopen on the July on July seventeenth. There's going to be a lot of different social distancing protocols and all those types of things. They're going to be doing a reservation system. So uh, apparently what they're going to be doing is they're going to be requiring all guests, which include annual pass holders, to obtain reservations for uh, entering into the park in advance. Yeah. Uh, and 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 the theme park reservations are. Um, there's going to be more details that are going to be coming out about this, but as a result, they're going to be putting a pause on new ticket sales and new annual passport sales and all renewals. Yeah. So basically they're saying, if you have tickets right now that you have not been able to use, or if you have an AP that you haven't been able to use, you will be able to come to Disneyland after you secure a reservation, everybody else, you're just going to have to wait. Yeah. And I think that makes sense. I, I think it makes sense to, I mean, if you have your most die hard guests, that are going to want to come to the park. You you test out all of these new protocols with them before you do a a general opening. But the thing that is interesting to me is, uh, as you may remember, when this whole thing started, they put annual passes on pause. Yeah. So they said, like, you know, we're not going to be charging you for annual passes, and we'll be extending whatever time passes during the time of the closure. We'll be adding, tacking that on to your annual pass, right? So I'm curious to know what's going to happen here for those guests who have or those AP holders who are not wanting to come back to the park right now. Like, yeah. Is the time going to start ticking on their AP passes again? And are they basically going to run out of space before they personally feel comfortable attending the park? Yeah, it's
1: weird because there's a lot of these things going on where, where you, you walk back that line pretty far where it's like, Uh, well, well, you could technically come now uh, because we have a reservation system. But then the person's like, well, my time's not starting because I don't want to use the. I couldn't get a reservation. And then I couldn't stay in the park as long as I wanted. And then, okay, I got a reservation. I was in the park. I couldn't stay as long. And it wasn't fun when I was there. So I don't think my timetable started. And it's just, it's weird as a culture to think that things we're used to paying for, we're now paying the same price for a just a ridiculous. a very much reduced system. Right. And I, I, I don't know how, I don't have any feelings on that other than we pay a monthly fee for something uh, that I was talking about today where I, I can't use it at all. And I'm like, do I, do I still have to pay for that? And they're like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yep. still got to pay for it. Yeah. yeah. But I can't use I, it.
0: Now, Disney, uh, historically fantastic with the uh, guest relations. Yeah. So I'm wondering if they've anticipated this because, yeah. again, this is going to be, this is going to be terrible reputational blowback if they're saying, Listen, we open on July 17th. The fact that you didn't feel comfortable coming until uh, uh, January 1st is not our problem. You've used up six months of your uh, annual pass. I wonder whether or not they're going to want to incur that type of uh, bad will for their most dyed-in-the-wool fans and supporters. Yeah, it feels like
1: they need to have a... a Because there's always going to be restrictions for a long time, so you can't say that the timer starts when it's a restriction list because I don't think that's in our future. But there has to be some sort of like goodwill or, or like best effort. Like we are at our best effort capacity right now, meaning the online system works. People are using it. 70% yeah. of annual pass holders have successfully used it. Therefore it it's not that it's on you, but lots of people are using it successfully. And for yeah. me, that's not the first week or maybe even the first month, but I do like I that it's for locals because I would hate for people to fly in and have a miserable way, yeah, experience. Too.
0: I wonder if they'll do a make good enough to the point where they say, listen, uh, we'll start the clock ticking on when you come back. Like the first time wow. you come back to yeah. the park, we start that ticking, and maybe they, maybe they put a cap on that, right? Maybe they don't just have that in perpetuity forever, but maybe they say, that feels we'll start the fair. clock and you have to use it by this date. That so, feels you know, if you don't fair. want to come back until January, then you can come back in January and we'll start the clock at that time. That would seem fair. That, that would that would make sense. So
1: fair to me. And, and, and covers a lot of other administrative costs of, of people just being like, the terms of our contract, which I'm sure are ironclad in Disney, but the terms of our contract are, are grossly different than when I signed this annual pass right. thing. And yeah. to just get rid of all of that stuff, to just say that that seems so right to me. Why don't you just well, call good.
0: them? I think I will call okay, them. Okay, good. I think you know what I think I might do? I might just say that that's what that's what they're gonna do. Okay. Like what if we just start a yeah. groundswell of that? And then Disney feels like, well, I mean, people are already. They've that's already Scott Storm Scott have already set everybody's expectations yeah. for it. So we got to keep Scott
1: Storm's pretty that. smart. Maybe we put him in one of those little kiosks and he sells tickets. Now that's his oh, thing. Man.
0: Does that mean I get to wear one of those vests? Yeah, like the plaid vest, the red plaid vest.
1: Oh, that's a big deal. Have you ever oh, worn one before? Dream. Not the red plaid vest. No, I, I mean that's a no. that's that's a big deal. I would love that. That's like, a my that, kids that's know if they see they it's see, see vest, an employee right? of those. that's 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 the re- that's a that's a real deal. Yeah, that's a serious deal.
0: So, uh, just closing the loop on this, when they, when they do open, they've, they've acknowledged that, uh, parades and nighttime spectaculars, which, you know, means world of color and fantastic yeah. are not going to be operating. Uh, they say they're going to, it's going to return at a later date. They also say that meet and greets with characters are not going to be happening. Yeah. Characters will be in the park in new ways, but you're not going to be do, doing meet and greets yeah. with them. That's because those things uh,
1: encourage very close knit, uh, viewing experiences right yeah they just they just lend themselves to masses you got to
0: spread out yeah this is this is what this is what touring in parks is you got to spread out
1: man i can't wait to see what that pirates of the caribbean line looks like and now it now starts over by thunder mountain and you walk along the river for a little (laughs) bit you go up those stairs back down by the umbrella the the parasol shop uh, or cart and then and then you finally like it's just it's one person every six feet
0: what if they just combined the Pirates of the Caribbean queue with Tarzan's treehouse? So it
1: starts <laughs> at Tarzan's treehouse. You go
0: all the way up the treehouse, all two. the way down. The score there is, uh, the score is two, two to zero. I'm, I, I'm, I'm an idea factory. Okay? You really are. I'm mean, I'm made to go back to work for Disney, all right? Because yeah. I, I got I got a lot of ideas up in this head, <laughs> when, up in this bald head of
1: mine. When you go up Tarzan's treehouse and you see like a young kid, he's six years old. He loves being at Disneyland, and uh, the jaguar growls and gets him, yeah. scares scares him. Is that a yeah. laugh moment for you? Or are you like, no, oh, that that stinks? Or are you like, you got scared? No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna
0: take joy in somebody else's. Well, I don't know with this haircut, I might take joy in somebody else's misery. It's not real. Move on. Yeah, typically in my uh, in the my 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 Prince Charming uh, cut, I would I would just be there and say, ah, I I get it, buddy. He, yeah. he scares me too. Yeah, he, he scares, scares me too, me too. buddy. Yeah, I
1: he does it, scare me too to be legit. Like all everybody in my in my family, we wait for somebody else to go by first, or we kind of creep past him like he's but a. But he's real motionless. Jaguar. I mean, you can see him. You're walking up to you him. You just never know when he's going to scream, and it's scary. I I guess so. It's super scary.
0: Doesn't he sort of look like a uh, inflatable? Uh, what is he? A leopard?
1: He's a jaguar. Yeah, he's a jaguar. Inflatable
0: jaguar. Doesn't he look sort of like an inflatable jaguar?
1: Yeah, like he's a small version of a Macy's parade float or something. Like I
0: could, like I could put him into a pool and use him as a flotation. <laughs> yeah. Bus.
1: Okay. Yeah. You know, like, like he, he was it, ripped just, from a carousel and thrown up at the the the. the yeah. yeah. Okay. He's still yeah. scary. I don't care. The whole tree rouse is scary.
0: Uh, Tarzan's treehouse better or worse, uh, than the Swiss family Robinson. Do you think it was a better overlay? Do you think it's a, a worthwhile overlay? Do you think they should go back to Swiss family Robinson?
1: Um, I mean, at there, we're talking about the power of the movie, right? Like I, like I okay. like the, I like the Swiss family Robinson's movie. Uh, I don't yep, think a lot of people, I, do I don't think a lot of people know it. I think yeah. Tarzan's a more accessible, uh, movie, uh, and I don't remember what it was like when it was a Swiss family. Swiss I like the music a lot better. I'll tell you that when it was Swiss oh, family. Was awesome. But uh, awesome. yeah, I don't, I don't really remember it. And I, you know, I, I like it. I like, um, I like that it gets you up high in Disneyland with very yep. little See, weight. It's got
0: great, great views. Great like you get views. Awesome. awesome
1: views. It's got great views for zero weight, very little effort. Um, you can find a little nook in there and let people walk past you and just look at the rooftops. And I, I yeah. dig it for that reason.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I love the treehouse. I would never want to see it go away. I just don't know if I enjoy it as much as the Swiss, fam, Swiss family Robinson treehouse. I think just because it was intended to be the Swiss family Robinson treehouse. And so you have those elements still there. Yeah, totally. Uh, you just have to yeah. look under, under all the Tarzan trappings. Yeah.
1: She's like drawing and it's like, how did she get a Wacom digital tablet up here? Like what year does this movie take place? How does Jane have such good technology? Uh, you know,
0: it's a uh, turn of the century. Okay.
1: I mean, uh, Tarzan
0: doesn't understand it, but you should.
1: Yeah, you should. It.
0: So that uh, was this is a really
1: Disney o- go opening. Ahead. That was Disneyland reopening news. Disneyland reopening news. Yeah. I,
0: I really don't have anything else. I really want to talk about. That was the one
1: thing that I no no. I no, no. there's, there's to more on your list. You better get that next, that next news item. Scott storm. You, you want you want, I, 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 ha- I have up my other notes. All right, I'll do it. What, what, what are your other notes? Uh, for Dick Tracy, I didn't want you to see my notes. They're secret. Okay, so there was an
0: article that came out, uh, it, it made its way around Twitter, uh, and Scream Rant covered it, about, uh, about the Yoda statue that is outside of Lucasfilm uh, in uh, San Francisco. Do you want, you want to talk about this?
1: The only thing I, want, I wanted to say about it is, I, you know, I thought for what that was, that was kind of clever to say, uh, what does he say? He says, uh, he, he says so Black so, so Lives Matter, were- but in, in Yoda-speak.
0: Yeah, somebody graffitied on the on
1: the the it, statue. It was just chalk, uh, and it was right below it was right below the statue on the on the pedestal.
0: And uh, in and in response to all the protests uh, that have occurred over the past couple of weeks, uh, the graffiti says "Matters Black Lives Do." Yeah. So Black Lives Matter in Yoda speak.
1: Yeah. So the only thing I would say is the Screen Rant article I read said uh, that they didn't know where that statue was. And I just thought that was funny for a news article because uh, that statue. Screen
0: rant said they didn't know where yeah, it was. Yeah, like
1: I believe in the news article I read, it said, and like nobody, nobody knows or we can't confirm where that statue was actually located. The picture, it's clearly the Letterman building in in the Presidio of San Francisco. The only other Yoda statue I know of that looks like that is across the bay uh, in San Anselmo, where Star Wars was apparently written and Indiana Jones was apparently written. There is a- Oh,
0: yeah, in the park. Yeah, there's a tiny park,
1: and there is a very similar Yoda and Indiana Jones statue there, and it's clearly not that one. So maybe there are others in the world, but that one's definitely the
0: one. This is clearly in the Presidio outside of Lucasfilm. I have been to the statue. I've seen the statue. Uh, and it's, it's clever. And I I think it's, what I liked about it is, is they, they don't know who graffitied this. So, uh, no one knows if this was, I mean, obviously it was intentional, but, uh, whether or not it was somebody at Lucasfilm or whether it was just somebody in San Francisco that did it. Yeah. You don't need uh, special
1: access to see that, uh, to see that. You can just walk up and see it.
0: But, uh, but, but. Lucasfilm embraced it. They shared it on their Instagram. Oh, okay, yeah. Mark Hamill retweeted it or shared it on his Instagram. John Boyega and John Boyega shared it on his. And so uh, I, I love the fact that uh, that this is something that's been embraced by the Star Wars community at such an important time. So yeah. it's it, it's great. It's just one of those things where um, you know this the, the the protests and the movement and the awareness that has come out uh, as a result of everything that's been happening in, in our country. Uh, it's it's nice to see this in a way that is just so uh, joyfully and and lovingly embraced by uh, another very vocal and sometimes very polarized community, the yeah. Star Wars
1: community. Yeah. The first time I took my daughters to that, the first time they remember going to that statue, because a little listener tip, if you're in the area, you can just go yeah. right up to that. And there's also right a, a a raised uh, causeway, a sort of a raised covered uh, walkway that connects two of the Lucasfilm uh uh, buildings there, and if you look in that that little raised causeway, you can see the silhouettes of of models and and right. cool spaceships and stuff like that. So that's a fun thing. But when we were there, uh, my kids were looking at it, and there were some other fans there, and they started quizzing my kids, like without talking to me about it first. They just started oh, there th-
0: were there were other like there were adults, that yeah, were quizzing yeah, other your kids?
1: adult okay. adult Star Wars fans kind of paying paying their respects to Yoda, and they just went right up to my kids and started asking them quizzing them about Star Wars and my, my girls got the, all the questions correct and then the guy kind of walked away and he looked at me and he's like good dad you're a good dad, good dad. I was like, <laughs> uh, like, glad good. I passed they haven't eaten in a week but thank you <laughs> thank
0: you but they sure know who uh Dexter Jetster is yeah they got that on lockdown anyways um that yeah was I've, been, I've I've been to been over there as well and if you uh you know if you you put your your uh, nose against the glass yeah. into the main lobby you can often see they they change out the the lobby decorations a lot but uh, you know you can see full-sized uh, replicas or full-sized costumes of stormtroopers and boba fett and darth vader and, yeah. and a lot of little uh, a lot of little artifacts a lot, a lot of little star wars and indiana jones artifacts in the uh, in the bookshelves there it's just just fun to be able to see like and if it's open you can actually to- go into the uh, you can go into the lobby you can't go past the uh, the uh, reception, but you can go into the lobby and take a look at that stuff.
1: Sure. All right, that was the hey, news. Uh,
0: that was news. We're uh, we're gonna take a quick uh, audio break, and when we come back, we are talking about Dick Tracy's 30th anniversary coming up next. Okay, we're back, uh, and now we're getting into our second Back of the Vault conversation. Back of the Vault, of course, is movies that don't necessarily make it out of the Disney vault all the time. Uh, they just sort of stay in the back because uh, maybe they're movies that haven't gotten enough love. Yeah. Maybe they rightfully haven't gotten enough love, uh, and this one, this week we're talking about also because it's the 30th anniversary coming up of Dick Tracy.
1: Yeah. The 30th anniversary of Dick you Tracy. You told me it was the 100th anniversary of Dick Tracy. I would have believed you. You
0: would have believed me. Uh, Dick Tracy, of course, a very famous comic strip that uh, was created in the 1930s about a hard boiled uh, detective who doesn't take no guff from nobody. I know that's the tagline, hard boiled detective, but what the heck does that mean? What is a hard. I have no idea what that means. I guess it means because he's not soft boiled, like he doesn't crack. Oh, okay.
1: Maybe it's one of those things where it's like a you know, hard boiled I mean, egg ain't that hard though, you know? Like it's kind of still pretty squishy. Yeah, but if you
0: overboil it, okay. If you overboil it and you don't dunk it in ice water, it makes the, the, the shells are very difficult to get. Okay, in. okay. So maybe great. that's what it is. Maybe and they just didn't want to explain. It. They didn't want to say it's a detective who's been boiled for too long and you haven't dunked yep, him in an ice yep. bath, so he has a very difficult to remove shell. So instead they just say hard boiled detective gotcha. trace.
1: I, I, I stepped on your summary. Hard boiled detective that doesn't take any guff from anybody. He takes takes no guff
0: from nobody. One, yeah, you, you, you understand me? You see? Uh, you yep, hear?
1: Yeah. You hear?
0: I don't know. Anyways, uh, Dick Tracy was. Uh, it, it came out in 1990. 1990. Yeah. Uh, it was a touchtone. It, it came out. Uh, it was made by Disney. Yeah. But it came out under the touchtone label. Touchtone label. Uh, it was label, intended, and yeah. In, yeah, intended to be part of the. It was intended to be a Walt Disney production, but they made a decision at the last moment to actually put it under touchtone. Touchtone, a label which was for more. I wouldn't say adult-oriented material, but definitely not kid-friendly material.
1: Well, I mean, it, it, they could hit a solid PG-13 on the Easily. Touchstone, you know. Easily, when you saw that Touchstone lower third graphic uh, logo rolling, you knew you were watching a movie where there were going to be some curse words.
0: You, this is a this is a Michael Eisner movie. That's what you saw when you saw a Touchstone. You are like, this has got Michael Eisner's fingerprints yeah. all over it. Yeah,
1: it's funny. So, the, he doesn't have anything to do with this, does it? Because this does not feel like a Michael Eisner movie to me. I know it was uh, made is, during his era because I remember. Yeah, this reading. is his era. Yeah. Oh, now what?
0: Why do you say that? Why do you say it doesn't feel like a Michael Eisner film? Because I'm curious. Because it feels very much like a Michael Eisner. Okay, cool. The, the marketing and production of it feels very Michael Eisner. Yeah. To
1: me. So the, my my things against, and I think I hope this is a theme of this podcast is you being pro and me being against, but we'll see. Well, I don't know about that. Okay. All right. But uh, I feel like uh, Michael Eisner's strategy was uh, known as singles and doubles, which means don't try to hit a home run with a movie. Just produce something that is uh, affordable with affordable talent. That's yep. a story that's been proven to work. Uh, and he was really big on what he called his singles and doubles philosophy of movie making. This seemed like a big swing in terms of budget, budget wise, kind of a big swing. The number of named actors or what we would call a marquee actor on this thing is out of control. Uh, and there's some racy parts of it out of control. There's some raciness to it where I would, I would feel like he, he would, uh, Especially if he was still in the days of him trying to appease Roy and make sure Roy knew he was a stand-up guy yeah. before it got crazy, uh, that he would not put some of the scenes that were in there. But I don't know. That's why it feels yeah, like a Tim Burton movie without Tim Burton is what it feels. The like.
0: uh, uh, well, that's true. I mean, we'll, and, and we will certainly discuss that in just a moment. I mean, it feels like an Eisner movie again to me, just because it has such the bombastic marketing, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, strategy that. Uh, michael eisner was really known for you know it's it's very flashy it was a big release a big production it definitely was their swing for the fences moment yeah uh i mean this this is you know they spent 47 million dollars 47 million dollar budget uh a very large uh world premiere that took place down at walt disney world and yeah uh, where, where did it
1: play where did it play down there because then it opened worldwide the next day but where does it play in walt disney world i wonder why they did that it wasn't shot in over. they was shot in california it right but see there was
0: there's was a lot of theme park tie-ins to dick tracy okay. or at least intended theme park tie-ins to dick okay. tracy because of the era that it's shot in you yeah. know it's it's it takes place in the 30s uh disney mgm studios at that time was really leaning heavily into the 30s gotcha. like the hollywood gotcha. boulevard that yeah. takes you to the chinese theater uh this was before i think this was before sunset boulevard was developed and, and okay. the tower of terror but it's all happening around that same okay. time so you could see where uh, and dick tracy was actually they had a show uh that that was in the disney mgm studios really and they and they had plans for a full themed attraction as oh well. wow wow so, wow wow so they were again this is why i say like this is a very michael eisner thing to me sure like, the synergy of it all to say like okay well you got this dick tracy movie it takes place in the 30s we're gonna have its main um its its main footprint is going to be in disney mgm studios we're going to have a musical show and we're going to have a ride through gangster uh ride that's going to be at the, at the studios and and the the ride didn't come to fruition uh-huh. the show did and so uh, so it makes sense that it premiered at disney okay i think i think where it premiered was the uh the amc 24 in uh, downtown disney so many questions
1: where, uh, so many questions yeah. about how that yeah. works as a media company we don't have to ask them and talk now i just think it's so interesting to me that that the point of that movie the point of any movie is to not open a show open a, a, a attraction ride that the point of it is to entertain people to give somebody a story of hope joy inspiration whatever the point is to entertain people but at some level of, of a media company that big there's just this like well we we I mean we're going full board with this thing it's like but has yeah. anybody ever seen it i mean is it even any good it's like that that almost doesn't matter we're going to have a show. There's going to be, we're going to sell yellow coats in the park. They're going to be $75. <laughs> like, but, but have you seen the movie? Is it any good? And it's like, eh, it doesn't really matter. But you know, the other side of that, I mean, but I almost, I almost applaud, I almost
0: applaud a media company that can do that. That just yeah. says like, Hey, listen, we're having this vertical integration behind this intellectual property. And this is what we're going to have. And we're going to roll it all out within the year that it comes out or so yeah. you know, whatever that, whatever that strategy is, because the flip side of it, is to take a look at a very risk-averse media company, which Disney can also be very risk-averse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they're like, "Well, there's this movie, and it's called Frozen, and uh, we'll, we'll take five years after Frozen comes out to develop yeah. a, a a ride that's based on it that is really just a reskin of an other ride that yeah. that takes place at, at Epcot." And that's what happened with the uh, Frozen after uh, Frozen Ever After. I think that's what the the attractions called at Epcot was. There was such a Frozen fever, and yet the Disney company was so slow to move on capitalizing on that in the yeah. park so i actually sort of appreciate totally. the idea that you hard know, to we're going to
1: do dick tracy it's hard so. to know when you're going to have a monster i just know that growing up in the 80s uh when it, when it hit when a monster hit and you got to watch the movie and then you would go to like circle k or 7-eleven and there'd be like mugs there or some special thing yeah. and then you'd go to like burger king and there'd be collector glasses it was just for for me as a kid it was it was it was Validation that what I liked, other people liked. Like I was like, see, Burger King likes what I like, and it was it was like the movie didn't stop. Like even though I wasn't watching Return of the Jedi right now, right, I was still living, and that happened uh, with Seek the Secret of Nim, which was uh, a Don Bluth film. Don Bluth film, yeah, fantastic film. I I love Don Bluth, and so whatever he makes, I will watch or play. Uh, And so when that came out, I was just it was Secret of Nim stuff was everywhere, and I was like, dude, I am loving this. People love what I like. Yeah, uh, and so you swing, and sometimes you hit, and and sometimes and sometimes it's yeah. Godzilla. Yeah, where <laughs>
0: another gigantic marketing tie-in. Uh, I remember getting the uh, the Godzilla. There was like a sippy cup or something like that oh. that I got at Seven Eleven, and uh, and I was like, ah oh, man, I can't wait for Godzilla, and then Godzilla came out. Yeah, so yeah, and you. Uh, have but a we're sippy not here cup. to talk about Godzilla. No. We're here to talk Let's about talk Dick about Tracy. Dick Tracy. How do we do that? Uh, so I. Why don't you, Aaron
1: Absolute Humidity Robbins, okay. take
0: a swing? Since we're talking about movies that take a big swing, okay? Why don't you take a swing at summarizing this movie for me?
1: All right. Well, you know, Dick Tracy's a hard-boiled cop who doesn't take any gruff from anybody. <laughs> he sure doesn't. And you see, in his town, he, where he's from, there's some gangsters, and there's a new there's a there's a gangster, and then a new gangster comes yep. on the town. And he's like, right. I don't like the old gangster, and he gets rid yeah, of that gangster. Right. And then Dick Tracy's like, well. I think you might have gotten rid of that old gangster, and he's like, "I don't freaking care nah, what, I don't know you what you think." What you talking about? <laughs> he's like, literally, I don't care what you think. And yeah. he's like, "All right, did you have walnuts?" And he's like, "Dude, why are we talking about nuts? What, what are you doing?" Right. And like, because then, like, your walnuts are all, all over this crime scene. Yeah, and then there's a there's a love interest, and so Dick Tracy yep. doesn't know who he wants to be with, so that's confusing. Yeah, because there's two love because there's two love interests. There's two there's, love interests. Yeah. and so they spent a lot of the movie just trying to figure out if this guy, not if he's guilty or not, because that is nope. obviously, but just. If uh, oh. if if they, can but we don't indict- know what he's guilty of. Can you yeah. agree? Yeah. We have no. Idea. We, we know he's guilty, but we have no idea. He's, We're talking about Big Boy Caprice, yeah. by the way, played by Al Pacino. He's bad. He's just bad. He's the, a bad guy. He's a bad guy in, in the sort of uh, kid definition of bad guys and good guys. Is he a
0: bad guy because he's ugly? Is that the reason why? I feel like all the ugly people are bad guys in this movie.
1: So that's the thing. Yeah. They're, they're, he's literally. I believe that. Tell me if I'm wrong. I believe the point of this movie is that uh, Dick Tracy's trying to get an indictment.
0: Uh. Yes, I think that is correct. I think that's Dick, it. Well, this is my understanding: is that Dick Tracy he doesn't care about getting an indictment because he knows in his gut, in his hard-boiled gut, that true, yes. big boy that big boy Caprice is dirty. Yeah. He knows he's dirty, and so he's going to make sure that big boy Caprice is behind bars, no matter what regardless of whether or not he's actually committed any real crime.
1: So why you would watch this movie is because it's about a maybe a, a fast-talking smart detective, you know, right. guy that may or may not have super why you would watch it, why you'd be able to, is it's a very colorful uh, fanciful stage show about a cop that tries to put away a bad guy and gets caught up in sort of uh, the the choice between flashy love and that's maybe right. long lasting love, and so it's about this delicate love story uh, that's intertwined with some really hard crime stuff. Um, yep. I think that's why you criminal would underworld. watch it. Yeah, criminal that's underworld right. stuff, yep. and so and then also
0: a, a man that uh, a man that is is caught between, like you said, caught between two potential love interests. One is one that you would take home to mom. Uh, the other one is uh, I don't know. It's, it feels adventurous, yeah, and uh, and and uh, and wrong, and uh, and so and then it's also about a man who just longs to be uh, have a family of yeah. his own, and so he uh yeah, he finds a kid on stuff the street. In
1: there. Sure, yeah, he just abducts a child, <laughs> no says biggie. that
0: you're you're my son now, basically, yeah. yeah. Uh, and and all, all of this around uh, the desire to to clean up the 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 streets that have been run yeah. rampant with uh, with crime yep. from uh, a, cr- a gangster underworld that's yeah. that's the summary of Dick Tracy
1: yeah that would be a great reason to watch it who is that kid who why what is he in uh, that kid the kid that plays the
0: kid, yeah, the kid. in Dick Tracy uh, the only other thing that I remember him from is he's in the movie Hook okay he plays, yeah that's right that's he plays right plays Peter that's Pan's right. son right. in the movie Hook that's right that's uh, that's but beyond right. that I don't know but he's got a he does good the kid that plays the kid does a good job in this movie. I mean, we'll talk about it. I think we'll talk about the performances, but just as an aside, I think he does a fairly good job with the material he's given.
1: There you go. That's a summary of Dick Tracy. Uh, do, I dare you, you have, yeah. you a, dare you to watch it. Yeah. Uh,
0: do you have I dare you to watch it? Well, one of the things is that you can't watch it on Disney Plus for some reason. Oh, uh, I can uh, tell Disney you the movie.
1: reason.
0: What, what is the reason?
1: Well, we're going to get in that later.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, it, it is locked up in some sort of licensing problems.
1: Oh, is that it? Uh, I thought it was yeah, the it's, solid so PG 13 moment in the movie.
0: Oh, well, there could be that too. We'll get into that as well. Um, but uh, but as far as it's, funny, its availability, somebody's
1: fighting over Dick Tracy. That's hilarious. Somebody, yeah,
0: somebody is, somebody's just got their clutches into Dick Tracy and will not let the streaming rights go yeah. to Disney. Plus. And so uh, you either have to rent it or it's available on HBO Max right now. Uh, we we both uh, explore both those avenues in order to watch this movie, uh, Aaron. That that yeah. brings up a really good question. Yeah. Uh, what is your earliest memory of this movie? Did you see what this a movie great when it came out question. in the theater?
1: And th- this is such a great question because I, I, I th- it's probably already obvious that I have such a, a very disdain? focused disdain and hatred yeah. for this movie. Yeah, and, and here's uh, so that I question- remember when I pitched this
0: idea. I'm sorry, I'm going to yeah, step please. on you for a moment. I remember when I pitched this idea and I said, "Hey, Dick Tracy's 30th anniversary is coming up. We should be talking about it." Uh, and you said, "Well, I think that's going to be a five minute conversation." <laughs> Yeah, that sounds
1: like what I would say.
0: Uh, Uh, But I also guarantee that we probably are the only podcast out of a million podcasts that are going to be taking the time to talk about Dick Tracy on its 30th anniversary.
1: Yeah, so for me, uh, you know... I. It's, it's around the time that I become interested in superheroes, superhero movie yes. stuff. I did not grow up on comic books. I felt like that was not something that was made for me. I felt that there was some kind of separation. And around this time, I start feeling like, no, that stuff, that stuff is for me. I, I like this stuff. I, maybe I'm a nerd. I, I like all this stuff. And so I remember seeing all the stuff for Dick Tracy, uh, and it's super colorful, and it looked really interesting to me. Uh, and I didn't see it in the theater, but I remember when it, it came out uh, at a store that was called Mr. Video or something like okay. that. Was that uh, your local video That was store? like, yeah. It was called Video Time. That was it. And I believe yeah. that- This was before Blockbusters? Totally, yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. I waited for it to come out, and I was so excited. I think I rented it with my own money. I walked down to the video store, rented yeah. Dick Trace, and I was so excited. Uh, You're just I strutting had a, down? Yeah, had, yeah. I was like, this did, guy's- you had, you had your uh, your yellow fedora yeah. on. Yeah. Like, yep. This and is I'm, it. I'm colorblind and I, and I can tell all the colors in this movie. So I'm like, somebody gets colorblind people. Like, I know who the characters are. These colors are all very easy to determine. So. Are you
0: red, green colorblind? Yes. What, what, am, what
1: level of colorblind? Are I you? am severely red, green colorblind with, you know, with okay. issues with purples and browns and all sorts of okay. other things in there. But
0: you could still tell the distinction. Yeah. Know,
1: despite this. And I loved that art style and it just looked cool to me. It looked artsy. And I thought this was going to be a very heavy. Uh, I thought it was going to be Batman, but in sort of a trench coat <laughs> in a 30s, like a Batman Noir, which sounds... You're not super,
0: wrong for thinking that. Right!
1: I, I would <laughs> love right. to see a Batman Noir, like Batman is like a, you know, 19, you know, it's just sounded. Yeah, cool. because Batman's not Noir enough, right? Yeah, You're right. like, I need something that's more moody I need and Batman with a fedora, and I thought that's what the this thing was is, gonna be. I
0: really like Batman, but the problem is he's just way too <laughs> playful. <laughs> yeah, I need something that's a little
1: bit more somber and serious. <laughs> exactly, I need more grays and, and dark colors. That's right. That's right. So, I walked down there, and uh, I got this video, and I took it home, and I started watching it, and I was was just like it. Just I just remember being very disappointed. I think I returned it within three hours of having it. I'm just like this. You didn't even rewind it. Yeah, I was you just weren't like even, you were here, not even kind. Let to me rewind. save the next person a time. I'll start at the end. Like the. the I just remember. is where the like, reveal is. And this was a time where I didn't. And I still don't know anything. But this is a time where I. I could not express why I didn't like it. I just felt frustrated. I felt frustrated yeah. that the movie never seemed to start. Like it seemed to be a practice for a movie, yeah. not the actual movie itself. So I was super frustrated by it. And that's, that's when my disdain started. I was so upset.
0: My experience is not too dissimilar from your own. Um, I did see this movie on its opening night though. Wow. And so, so I like you, this was a time when I was becoming aware of, uh, of comic book movies. I mean, I think generally the world was becoming aware of the commercial success of, comic book based movies Uh, 1989 was Tim Burton's Batman uh, and so Dick Tracy comes on the heels of Dick Burton's uh, of Tim Burton's Batman and uh, and so like Batman this had a lot of fanfare behind it because it was a revival of a character that was created in the 30s and uh, and and that uh, you know was was this beloved character uh, of its time and so because of that it, it, and add to the color of it all right yeah. the, the fact that it's just it it visually is so appealing this movie's art direction is amazing it's it's absolutely amazing and so all of the promos for it just really grabbed me and i thought this is gonna be great like this i loved batman last year i'm gonna love dick tracy like this is continuing that trend and so i remember the opening night that they, the, the uh, I was gonna say the scam, the <laughs> promotion that they had for Dick Tracy was if you wanted to get a opening night ticket, if you wanna get a world premiere ticket, you purchased a t shirt oh, yeah. that had the Dick Tracy logo on it yep. that was done like a movie ticket. And then they would stamp the movie ticket with the theater that you were seeing it at and at the 1201 showing. So I got a bunch of my friends together. I mean, this is like early. I I think I'm early in high school at this point. And so a bunch of my friends and I get together. We're going to go see Dick Tracy, 1201 showing. We are all comic book fans. We were all still riding high off of last year's Batman. Yeah. And so we sat down to watch this thing. And I definitely had this similar experience that you had, which is when is this movie going to get going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's really attractive to look at, but I'm just not connecting with it. Yeah. And 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 then I I know I watched it again on VHS at some point and felt again the same way like there's just something that is not connecting with me and I can't completely articulate it, what what it was. I think during the course of this episode we will both be able to articulate what it is.
1: Yeah, it's weird that uh- you know black hole the last movie that we did was sort of like like uh, i'll say dick tracy is 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 to batman as black hole is to star wars where sure. when yeah. when bat when that batman came out that tim burton is it michael keaton uh, batman yeah. Uh, you saw stuff in that Batman you just you had never seen before. You didn't know it was possible to do that. movie. Yeah. The, the level of his costume, the level of the Batmobile. Like now we look back on it and you're like, oh, it's kind of goofy and cartoony looking. But nobody'd ever seen At that on time. screen before. You were yes. like like a chest, like a a rubber chest plate molded, and v- like you just hadn't seen that level of technical execution. It and was mind-blowing. Taken so seriously, yeah.
0: Like that was the idea. Was that? That this cartoony character would be taken seriously in a in a legitimate form that wasn't campy like the '60s Batman totally. was, but like, but given the gravitas that that character really could have, so uh, so a lot of those things could be applied to Dick Tracy. And uh, ironically, or conveniently, or I'm not really sure what the correct connector is. A lot of the Batman playbook actually just gets taken up and transposed directly onto Dick Tracy. Yeah. Because you have uh, a movie by, or you have a score by uh, Danny Danny Elfman, Elfman, yeah, right, yeah. Uh, Again, this this nineteen thirties character brought into uh, you know a, a more color, colorful and glamorized version of his setting. There's just so many beats that feel like this was Disney's attempt at Batman,
1: yeah without any of the actual entertaining part of it, unfortunately <laughs> yes. for me. How do you so, want to get so through this movie? Me. I got I got things that I loved about the movie, things that I hate yeah, about the movie, and a, and a few give me, trivia. Give me something that worked for you. Give me something that worked
0: for you in this movie. Yeah,
1: things I loved about it. I loved that it is so obviously uh, shot at Universal Studios and Warner Brothers, uh, yeah. where you can see familiar backlots. I like that sort of thing. I don't yeah. mind that. I know that they talked about shooting it in Chicago or something like that. Um so I, I like that you can tell it's Universal Studios. I like that this is one of the last movies where um, matte paintings or full scale matte yes. paintings like that are used. I think the matte paintings are are beautiful. Some well, of them, they're, they're not just used. I
0: mean, they are the main backdrop of this movie.
1: Uh, oh yeah, so I love that. I love the uh, I love that the, the the way that they shoot it. Sometimes the perspective doesn't match the matte painting when they zoom in on a particular sections. Yeah. The buildings are uh, smaller than they should be, and the cars yep. are bigger. I love that. Um,
0: it, it definitely brings the comic book aesthetic into a movie. Like uh, again, the use of the map paintings, it has a comic book feel to it, like shot totally. composition. in a lot of, uh, a lot of the shots are, they feel like a comic book <laughs> panel brought to life, right? There's, yeah. there's this, uh, there's this uh, depth, depth of field uh, uh, camera trick that they do where, the front, the foreground is completely in focus and far off in the distance is also completely in focus. And so you have this feeling of like somebody drawing a comic panel where there's a, a foreground character that's looking behind them and you see in perfect focus the background character. And that's a really effective, uh, again, sort of comic book brought to life effect.
1: Yeah. So that's all working for me. I just I re- said
0: effective comic book brought to life effect. I just yeah. said it twice. Yeah, it
1: was good though, but it I just sense. Wanted
0: to, I just wanted you to know that I did just, not have the eloquence to actually use two different words to explain. You what
1: spelled I them be. differently, though. One, you spelled FX, and the other one you spelled EFFEC. That's right. Yeah. And I
0: added extra Fs into one of them.
1: I like the uh, the story of a uh, true heart. What are heart. you playing with? Uh, Rubik's. I hear this click,
0: click, clack, oh, click, clack,
1: yeah, that's click. That's a Rubik's cube. Oh. It, are you? Have you solved it yet? Because it oh, sounds yeah, like you've yeah, been playing s- with it. Yeah, no, I've solved it multiple times. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, well, I'm just glad. <laughs> yeah, no, it keeps my brain going in the right direction. I like the, the kid. I'm going
0: to get you silly buddy. I'm just because you quieter?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I can make silly putty loud, man. You are make <laughs> farting with it? it's fantastic. No, never, you, mind. You make, yeah, never mind. You make a little bubble and then you push it. It's great. <laughs> I wish the movie were about uh, the the true heart, the lady, the more safe love Test interest, true heart. Yeah, yes. I like Tess True Heart. I wish the relationship was about words about her and her unwillingness to uh, to take this guy that's obviously just leading her on, and, and that she finds happiness being sort of a single mom with this kid that, and she realizes she doesn't need Dick Tracy, and she's not going to stand for that. That she's first best, and she's. Not going to play second fiddle or backup or an alternate, and it's really about her realizing I don't need this. I don't need this guy. He's not great at his job. She
0: really is sort of like a pushover. She's always like she's very. I mean, they they play her off as being like just very sweet, but she's always like Tracy. You got to do what I knew what I signed up for. You got to do what you got to do, and at multiple times. Uh, Dick Tracy is trying to propose to her and stumbling over his words. And then uh, Deus Ex Machina uh, you know, gets called away because of a crime. Yeah. And, and then she's like, Tracy, you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, and fine. all throughout the movie, and you just sort of start feeling bad for her. Yeah. And then you feel even worse when Madonna's breathless mahoney comes in yeah. and just starts like rubbing her body all over Dick Tracy. <laughs> And, uh, and rather than Dick Tracy being a stoic person who is deeply in love with Tess and says, hey, get away from me. Like, I have a true love. Her name is Tess Trueheart, and she's always been there for me. He's just standing there like, I, I don't know, like a, a mop with a yellow hat on mm, and just yeah. like, uh, uh, it, and <laughs> I guess you're supposed to take that to be that he's being very stoic and that he's not giving in, but he's definitely not resisting her, yeah. her advances in any way.
1: Yeah, uh, no, in some ways, not at all. Uh, so I like the uh, I like the the, the only Burton-esque part that I felt like uh, I like when Dick Tracy's punching that kid's caretaker dad guy in the very like Popeye-ish little cabin and the cabin's like
0: oh the cabin's swinging swinging back, back, and back forth. forth that
1: felt like a very yep. Burton-esque kind of big fish moment I like that yep. uh, and then the only other thing is I like that uh, the the character the blank. Uh, uses yep. a voice distorter and it sounds exactly like uh, the Princess Leia voice from Jabba's Palace. Uh, Just relax yeah. for a moment. <laughs> someone someone <laughs> who loves you very much. Yeah. It sounds yeah. like, don't you think that they sound the same or no? It does sound a
0: little bit like that. Okay. Yeah. yeah
1: those are the but only things also, I liked it, about it that also
0: movie. It also makes it, it's a little bit more grating for me. Like every single time you are like,
1: get tracy,
0: <laughs> Go to the pier at normal like, Detonator. Um, that's right. That's right. <laughs> um... Uh, this is a, man, you got good where... hearing to
1: pick up that Rubik's cube. It's, this is a, this is not a cheap one either. It's like all looped up and like, it's fast. No, it's, it's a, just like,
0: it's like a, it's a, a, speed a, cube. a quick, a quick change. Yeah, a a, a quick cube. flip. Yeah. Yeah. Speed cube. Speed cube. Well, yeah, I can hear it.
1: Okay. <laughs> that means our <laughs> listeners can, and you know, we're going to hear about it. That's right. <laughs> that's okay. That's
0: okay. Listen, uh, you got to do something to keep your hands occupied. I do. Uh, you're, you're thinking with your hands and that's a good thing. Uh, this is, uh, Let's talk about the star-studded cast here. Yeah, this is a this is a movie that it's written and directed by Warren Beatty. Uh, it stars Warren Beatty, and yet I would argue that he's not even the biggest name in this movie. I mean, yeah. you have Madonna is in this movie. Yep, Al Pacino is in this movie. Paul Sorvino, uh, uh, James Caan is in it. Yeah, uh, Mandy Patinkin, Dick Van Dyke, Dick Van Dyke, Dustin Hoffman. Like the star power of this movie is staggering. It's absolutely staggering, uh, and unfortunately, just does not pay off. At all. Again, this is one of those things where I feel like Disney, they have their whiteboard, and they're like, "All right, we've heard that Warner Brothers is making a movie about Batman, and they got Jack Nicholson signed, and Michael Keaton, and everybody's going to be laughing about Michael Keaton, but Jack Nicholson, boy, he's the brass ring. He's going to be playing the Joker, so who's going to be our Jack Nicholson? And then, you know, Reggie raises his hand and says, uh, he's, he's little Reggie. Yeah. He's little Reggie. He's small. He's probably, he's small. He's young. And he sort of says like, what about, uh, uh, who's the character? And they're like, well, it's uh, Big Boy Caprice. And he's a, he's a crime boss. And they go, well, what about Al Pacino? Great. And they write Al Pacino up there, yeah. right? All right, who else could go with Al Pacino? And somebody says, James Conn. Great, James Conn. And they just have this this roster that's just like seven Triple A stars deep. Yeah. And they're thinking, we got this. There's no, there's no way, there's no way that this movie isn't going to be a hit. And then they call Al Pacino, people. yeah, Al Pacino gives his big boy caprice uh a performance. And the question I have for you is: how Al Pacino is this Al Pacino performance if from one to ten, if one is the subtle acting of Scent of a Woman and Ten is full-out, bombastic hysteria from Scarface. Oh, wow. uh, what What is... How Al Pacino is this performance?
1: I mean, he's got some yelling. There's a lot of yelling going on. I believe he he's has... He's
0: got some yelling? Wait, am I understanding that you're saying Al Pacino has some so, yelling some in this role? There,
1: yes, there's a very... Uh, what is the scene where he's like uh, just... The scene where he's screaming? Yes, the screaming scene. Do you scene. mean every scene that <laughs> Al is <Pacino's> in? <laughs> yeah, no, but in, there's a very... Where he's like, "What's it,
0: Dick Tracy! And he's doing this weird thing with his mouth. Yeah, he's always like licking his lips like, with their mouths. He's like... I'm gonna do. I'm doing this for our listeners. I'm no, sorry. I'm gonna me. apologize ahead of time for our listeners. It. You're going to hear lip sounds right yeah. now. He's doing this.
1: Yeah, he's licking his palms right now. Dick Tracy. He's. I'm gonna take care of Dick Tracy. Jeez. All right, you don't have to worry about me taking care of Dick Tracy because I'm gonna take care of Dick Tracy, and he's screaming the entire time. Yeah, uh, the entire time. Two two observations. One, that was really good. Thank you. Two, oh, thank you. Are your kids sleeping or how do you podcast? Not anymore. <laughs> okay, yeah, Not exactly. anymore yeah why do you think i'm building a mom is studio? al pacino in the living room yeah hon go back just go to bed it's okay hey sure is <laughs> <laughs> okay there's all i was trying to be nice because i didn't know which way you wanted me to go there's a lot of oh my gosh it's awful there's a lot this of guy, screaming al pacino got nominated for an academy award for his performance that's not even the worst this movie won three academy awards
0: Three Academy Awards. To this movie, it won. It, it won three Oscars. It was nominated for seven and it won three Oscars. Yep. It's, did you know, Aaron Robbins? Yep. Did you know that Dick Tracy is tied <laughs> with Black Panther? Wow. For the most amount of Oscar awards won by a comic book movie?
1: <laughs> it sounded like that setup was going to go something like, Did you know that Dick Tracy in French is la crap? Or something. It sounded like you were going sick. Set- somewhere else with that crap yellow i did <laughs> exactly <laughs> i did not know that it's tied for that is a travesty on a number of, of, of reasons but uh that is awful but uh i think it's funny that they they had all these a-list celebrities and i guarantee i don't know for sure but i guarantee they said like yeah we got uh we got tim burton to direct in case he doesn't you're still doing the movie but yeah we got tim burton uh, everybody else has already said yes so are you in are you out al pacino is it, like could we everybody said yeah. yes yeah, everybody, said. everybody else said, you know, we got we got Macaulay Copeland for this movie. Yeah, he's great. You're going to love him. Uh, Tim Burton's doing it. We got Martin Scorsese's going to direct. And so a bunch of people are like... He was identified as a potential director. Right? Did you know that? Yeah, yes. yeah. So yes. I feel like that's how it... So people started saying yes, and then then it just turned into like this almost like Ponzi scheme of casting that's where right. it's like, you yeah, know what like I'm like
0: saying? And then, hey, do you know other, uh, can you get three other A-list celebrities? to Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I can call Dustin Hoffman and James Conn. Do Yeah, that. that sounds good. Just see if they'll do it.
1: Yeah. And then McCall and goes on and does just this little tiny movie. Uh, he could have been uh, the kid in Dick Tracy where yeah. he chose this other tiny project you might've heard of called uh, home alone. Um, yeah. so you can decide what he did there. Uh, Tim uh, Tim Burton was off doing Edward Scissor's Hands, so he couldn't be bothered with Dick Tracy. Good call there. And then Martin... It, it
0: feels like they went... Uh, it feels like... I feel like Tim Burton almost punked them. Like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like basically Tim Burton... This movie seems like Tim Burton said all along, like, yeah, I'll definitely do Dick oh, Tracy. Sure. I just got done doing Batman. Yeah. Okay, Um. you got Danny Elfman for the score? Fantastic. Awesome. Okay, do you have a pop uh, icon superstar to do the music? Okay, you do? Great. All right, awesome. Do you have a a-list uh, a revered actor for the main foil oh you got Al Pacino yeah that's great okay I'm totally gonna totally do this I'm gonna just set it all up I'll be there on Thursday and then and then Thursday comes and what do you know he's over at Warner Brothers yeah. doing Edward Scissorhands yeah.
1: he's doing a movie about a, a, a guy a barber he's doing a haircutting movie he's crazy uh, with 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 the guy from 21 Jump Street yeah and then uh Martin Scorsese doing a little movie couldn't d- bother to direct he was doing a little movie called Goodfellas at the time
0: no, that's too bad too bad.
1: Yeah, I wonder if it's more watchable with Macaulay Culkin, Tim Burton and Martin Scorsese involved with the project. I feel like if you took Warren Beatty out
0: of this movie and replaced him with Macaulay Culkin, <laughs> it would go. be more watchable.
1: There you
0: go. Do Warren you, uh, Beatty seems so This is one of the problems I have with this movie. So yeah. there are, there are things that I legitimately like about the movie. You've already touched on. The art direction's amazing. The makeup is phenomenal and of course those are two of the oscars that this movie won for art direction and makeup um i think there are some performances that are golden like i think dustin hoffman's performance as mumbles is hysterical yeah like he's just he does such a great job of being this character that is completely unintelligible and delights in the fact that nobody can understand what he's saying and they continue to do that for the entire movie until he cracks at one point and then just gives a completely Dustin Hoffman performance with a very articulate joke. And yeah. it's it's delightful. Like, it's just a great setup and a great punchline. I think he does a great job with it. Um, I think Madonna is sort of good. Oh, like, I think she's good, I think, yeah. I think Madonna's really good. I just think it's, I think her presence in this movie and she's at peak Madonna. Yeah. Right? I mean, like, this is, this is during the time that Vogue has come out. I mean, she is peak madonna in this movie
1: yeah and so if you don't like her character you don't like her that. character but if she's playing sort of a a little little darker jessica rabbit ish character i think she does she does great
0: she does a great job but tonally she just feels like it feels like she should not be in this type of movie Like hurt okay like for as as seductive and vampy and femme fatalish as she is it just feels like it's a couple degrees higher than where this movie should be
1: yeah I agree. Some of her lines are great. I mean, some of her lines are classic. I just wish they weren't in this movie.
0: Yes. Yes. And she does a great, and she does a great job of it. I mean, she fits the character. She does a great job. Warren Beatty, however, just in addition to Al Pacino, uh, Warren Beatty is just, he, he's so unappealing to me as this character. Uh, He brings no charisma or life to Dick Tracy. I don't even know what Dick Tracy's, you know, the characteristics he's supposed to have. Yeah. And that was actually one of the questions I had for you. One of my questions was going to be, do me a favor, describe Dick Tracy without describing what he's wearing.
1: (laughs) Right. So this is the, this is the main problem that I noticed 27 minutes into the movie is that this guy shows up, uh, at crime scenes after the crime has already been committed, which is yep. kind of a problem for a superheroish yep. detective. detective. Uh, he never does any of the dirty work or very rarely is involved in the, I think there's only three times maybe, four times in the movie. I think he's, he does
0: one detective act.
1: Yeah, where he actually does something. He beats up a guy's dad. He shoots a gun at the end of the movie poorly. It looks like he's Really fighting to keep that Tommy gun. Just he, he it looks very uncomfortable. It feels um, like
0: he's wheeling around a Tommy gun that weighs three thousand
1: pounds. Yeah, yeah, and like and his, it's just like uncomfortably warm, or he yes. just like doesn't want to be holding it anymore. So that's Dick Tracy the character. He's most likely to show up with a Tommy gun, but ask somebody else to shoot it for him. Like, hey, yes. who, where's a sergeant? Can you fire this? I—I don't, I don't really like holding these kinds of things. I also feel like Dick Tracy. He may be a great detective,
0: but he is horrible at procedure like for somebody that has that is as revered as dick tracy is he really gets away with a lot of things that he shouldn't he should not be getting with because he's constantly being told like tracy you can't do that or tracy the da is never gonna stand for that or tracy you're gonna get us all arrested and he's just always like yeah it's fine yeah. it's fine we're gonna keep doing this he seems and, terrible he,
1: uh, just, he seems terrible i don't understand why uh the main the, the main foil the main villain wants him gone in my world like you, get that you keep that guy around he's totally inept at, at, at being a father a love interest uh, a, a detective he's not good at dressing he's got the one outfit that's 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 all he's got i mean he's just not good at anything and not a superhero in any way I think speed punching. In, in no way. Speed punching might be his superhero. M- maybe. Yeah. I think he's he's got big ham
0: fists. Okay. So maybe he yeah. has big ham fists that he can club somebody with. Like, uh, but but in a universe where uh, someone's face is the size of a giant catcher's mitt, um, I don't know how effective ham fists are against. A yeah, like, like
1: telling that. other people what to do. I'd give it I'd say like a b. He's like a b minus at that, and that's one of his more prolific skills in the movie. Of like, hey, get this kid ice cream. Hey, go arrest that guy. Like he's 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 more of a like a middle manager. Dick Tracy, middle manager,
0: middle manager. Now Tess Trueheart and Breathless Mahoney are both uh, head over heels in love with this guy, and I can't understand for a moment why either of these people, either of these women are interested in this man, because honestly, like I I have a note written down here that says Dick Tracy, a six foot tall banana with an Apple watch. Like that's basically what Dick
1: Tracy is to me. Yeah. Like a beta Apple watch. Totally. Yeah. Like
0: a beta Apple watch. Exactly. Uh, Just not, not appealing. And also I don't mean to get too down on Warren Beatty, but he was 52 years old when he played this character and I am sorry, but th- this character—if if, if you are going to have this type of, uh, of of appeal, if you're going to create a character that's like this revered uh, by women and uh, and adored, uh, you know, uh, um, revered by men and adored by women, then I just feel like this. Warren Beatty is too old to be playing a character like this.
1: Absolutely, and unfortunately, I've read uh, I've read some backs. I, I had some backstory in this movie uh, before while it was being made. It is it is part of the Eisner era and the spending yeah. and and some stuff like that. And I've just unfortunately I don't know if this is true. I don't mean to start rumors, but I've just heard that he's not the most wonderful person to work with. Uh, and oh, so I just, shock. yeah. Well, I've just we've heard, just lost Warren Beatty as a listener. Well, he
0: tuned in for this specific podcast. Hey, is now Warren Beatty, is, is
1: Warren Beatty the La La Land Oscar mix-up guy, or is that a different actor?
0: It was Warren Beatty. Was it Warren Beatty? Yeah, it was Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway in the 2017 Academy Awards where they announced that La La Land was the. Uh, the best picture Oscar winner. And then it turned out it was actually moonlight.
1: Something like 21 villains or something in this movie. 21 different. It's a lot of villains. It's a lot of people whose names. It is a
0: rogues gallery. If there ever was one. Uh, I I I like the makeup. I I think like um, the, the makeup that works particularly well is a flat top. The guy who's got yep. sort of like red hair and his part in the side, his, he seems like flight. the
1: biggest villain to me. To me, he's the logical choice for the lead villain. Like he just seems, it seems like sinister it. and Jokerish.
0: He definitely feels that way to me. And uh, it, and then you've got Prune Face, who is uh, just full of wrinkles. Yeah, and uh, and Lips Lips Mahoney, uh, Paul Servino's character, who just has like this, I don't know, like large mouth bass type of mouth, and yeah. he's just slurping down oysters, oysters or something yeah. like that before he gets off. Like I, I think the makeup is great. Even the makeup on uh, Pacino's Big Boy Caprice is good. He's got like this accentuated nose and this accentuated chin, and they do a lot of different makeup tricks with just even bit characters. Like you'll just see larger ears or larger noses just in the background. And again, it makes it all feel very comic booky. I, I yeah. really like the makeup, and especially this being an era before CG became the the uh, you know the answer for any type of special effect. The type of care and uh, and con- and concern and ar- an artistry that went into these uh, th- this makeup and these prosthesis, I think it's just really cool to see. I mean, I I just think it's good, um and and I like I like having that sort of uh, larger than life, rogues gallery.
1: Yeah, only last two things I'll share. The body count in this movie was twenty seven. Compare that to John Wick number one, which had a body count of seventy seven. Uh, <laughs> so you know, respectable, respectable body count. And my only Can last. We- What's that? Can we talk about that body count okay. for a second? Yeah,
0: yeah. So this movie goes on for seven a hours. Long time yeah. it goes on for like seven or eight hours. Yeah, and for about you know seven hours and fifty minutes of that, there's not a lot of stuff happening. No, and there's not a lot of action. Uh, and then there's a set piece. And so, and as you said, uh, is this movie all about Dick Tracy trying to get an indictment against Big Boy Caprice? I say yes, except until one point where Dick Tracy just feels like ah forget about the indictment. I'm just going to wheel a Tommy gun on 27 different gangsters and murder all of them in the street. Yeah. And at that point, I just feel like what, what is this? What is this character good
1: at? What is this
0: law enforcement character good at?
1: He's pretty good at like standing with a little bit of backlight, like a halo on his hair. Uh, uh, The He's pretty good at standing. He's good Uh, at silhouetting. He's very good at silhouetting. It's one of his things. Uh, for all of that, you get to a climactic scene on a bridge with some gears and a sort of a comic booky take on tying a girl to a railroad track, yep, uh, uh-huh. Western kind of trope, uh, but we're doing it on the world's... Uh, there's a big sign that says, world's slowest moving gear. And so that, that's, right. that's what they tie. It takes an entire day to go <laughs> yeah, around. It's in sync with Don't a 24-hour clock. You have time. You've got, you could take a nap. She's going to be fine. She's barely tied down. But uh, Tess Trueheart finds herself tied to a gear cog on a bridge of of all the most ridiculous ways to end a movie. Uh, and That's the right. payoff for that is very dark. It's confusing what's happening. The kid shows up and you're not exactly sure when he was there, or why he was there, and then there's a little there's a little spoilery thing that I don't I won't tell you what happens, but there's kind of a little spoilery thing that's okay. Our oh, you're to spoil this movie that's 30 years old? Yeah, no, I'm not. That none of well, our
0: that none of our listeners
1: have seen. That's or the are going thing to is see. nobody's seen it, so I would be spoiling it because people might listen to this be like, yeah, it sounds terrible. I'll give it a shot. Uh, and okay, so, all right, we'll 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 leave the spoiler then. We won't we won't spoil it. There's a little twist there, completely not worth your time, uh, and that nope. that climactic scene is just not the payoff I was hoping for in that movie.
0: So we're talking about the blank, uh, and, and it's this foil, both for, uh, big boy Caprice and also for Dick Tracy. And the blank seems to be playing both sides. I can't really understand the motivation of the blank. I don't understand why the blank is doing this because the blank doesn't like big boy Caprice. They went down the ventilation
1: shaft. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Right.
0: Yes. Yes, exactly. Uh, Yes, the blank also doubles as the uh as the Trade Federation in uh <laughs> yeah.
1: episode 1 Phantom yeah. Menace. Wait a second, I thought we were doing Star Wars. What the heck? Who's this guy in the yellow coat?
0: <laughs> oh, that's uh that's a new Jedi. It's a oh, new okay. Jedi. yeah, uh, they all Jedi wear yellow look.
1: robes on on planet boring. Two of them. <laughs> yes. Um
0: so the blank somehow is playing both sides to uh to, to an effect that is never really made clear in the movie. Uh, and at some point, you just get the feeling, not unlike this podcast, where you just go, you got to wrap this thing <laughs> yeah, up. Just yeah. wrap it up.
1: Yeah, it's really an wrap allegory for the movie. Yeah, it really it <laughs> the really Black hole is. felt like a black hole. And people are like, uh, what's going to be the payoff here? The payoff, I don't know what it the, is.
0: The payoff is that uh, we we've explained, maybe we've made the premise of Dick Tracy... Uh, entertaining enough that you, ha- you have a curiosity about it that you go, well, it, c- it certainly can't be as bad as these guys are saying. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, m- maybe it is. Maybe It's it an important
1: like- movie for what was happening at Disney at the time, for what was happening in movies at the time, for California movie-making history, yeah. uh, who was in it, how it was shot, where it was shot. It's an important movie for that. It's just too bad that it... It's literally not watchable from a plot moving things forward. You feeling invested in the love story, in the crimes that were committed. There's just not enough there to keep you watching the movie. But it is an important film. It's not a good movie.
0: But from a, from an artistic, thoughtful uh, design perspective, it's you know if you like studying these things, if you like what production art looks like, if you like how to put a stylized movie together. There are things that you could really enjoy in this. Uh, one of the things that I we, we haven't brought up yet, but I think is really key that it, it's it's one of the things that attracted me to this movie when it was being promoted was the idea that there were only a set number of colors being used. That yeah. there were only I think it was five or maybe seven yeah, colors. Seven, but yeah. Seven yeah. colors. Is it Roy G. Biv? It might be Roy G. Biv. Yeah. Like just the colors of the rainbow. And that there were no... Uh, gradations. There are no different tones of those colors. So every blue that you see in the movie is the exact same shade of blue. Every shade of yellow is the exact exact same shade of yellow. And that is, it's really neat to see that happen. Yeah. The way that they they uh, they really again, it's bringing the comic book to life, right? It's the idea that the 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 color print of this comic is going to look the same. So when Tess Trueheart is wearing a black and red uh, blouse. And she's standing in front of a red uh, set piece. It's the exact same red yeah and and again, from a movie where during a time where computers didn't solve every problem but were used for a lot of problems, I think it's pretty neat that they had to figure out how to create costuming and props and sets that all had this consistent look about it mutton not monochromatic but uh i don't know what's the word you're you're the you're the art guy I what is it what what is, is that
1: it has a, you know it has it has a a specific color palette and doesn't yeah. shift from that and that you know the pr- printing and color is expensive and so you stick to just a few and they That's did right. in that movie to pay homage to that so what do you give it out of, out of 10 scale of one to 10 one being uh you know uh whatever <laughs> what does he say? What does Sebulba say? Sticky poo? <laughs> or no, it's... Uh, uh, Bantha Poodoo? Sticky poo. Whatever. One being terrible, 10 being great. What, what would he give this?
0: I, I really think this is a solid five. Okay, wow. This is just... Uh, it, it, this is meh Tracy to me. It's just like... it's It's not so bad that you should avoid it, but it's not good enough for you to run out and see. It's yeah. just fine. If it's on and you've never seen it before you should watch 30 minutes of it. Yeah. And if it's, uh, but don't, don't chase it down. No need to chase it down. Yeah. If it comes on Disney plus at some point, uh, actually it'll probably show up on Hulu because it's definitely more PG thirteen. even though it's rated PG, it definitely has, it definitely leans a little bit heavier into the PG 13 rating. Yeah. Uh, really 100% just as a result of, uh, of Madonna's, uh, um, just uh, o- over-sexualized character.
1: Well, yeah, she doesn't have a lot of clothes on in one scene. She's
0: not wearing a lot of clothes in one scene.
1: And the clothes um, she is wearing don't have a lot of fabric uh, making up right. the bo- the, bo- the board. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. So, this, yeah, this will, this will come on Hulu at some point, not necessarily Disney
1: clothes. <laughs> I was very Unless surprised does... by that scene when she comes out and she's... Yeah, it's really I, shocking, I was like, right?
0: what? what is going... Where did this come what from? What are we doing? I know. She comes out in a black negligee that is see-through, and that's pretty much it. And they do a
1: whole I scene we together. we were watching a, a show about learning what the colors of the rainbow were. What the heck That's is, right. why is this woman naked? She definitely is
0: a, a very strong make- juxtaposition to test true art. Very, uh, very uh, kind and very uh, modest dress. And then it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yep, you're definitely Madonna. There's <laughs> yeah. no doubt about it. You are Madonna. Uh, hey, do you want to go into taglines that describe this movie better than the ones oh, that we yeah, got? I didn't
1: write any down. Let's do that okay do you, you have any no you come better up go with first on the fly. i think of them I, off I've the got, top of I've my head okay. okay i've got a few
0: um twice the star power of batman and half the charisma <laughs> okay uh, mine will be uh, dick tracy what are we doing after this <laughs> <laughs> all right um dick tracy he throws the book at criminals and when he misses he guns them down with a tommy gun
1: Okay, that's good. Uh, I, got, I, I have to do all these off the top of my head. How about... Uh, yeah, this is going to be challenging for you. I, I know. I should have run them You down. can do this. You can do this. Um, okay, Dick Tracy. Uh, where's my hat? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's okay. It's not great. I'm going to work on it. Oh, Keep it's going. the yellow one. Oh, yes. Yellow uh, hat. This ain't your grandpappy's comic book hero. Oh, wait. <laughs> okay, that one just kind of ended. Uh, yeah. Dick Tracy. Has anybody seen Curious George? <laughs> no okay i'm trying yes <laughs> it's a man with the yellow hat a much better yes. movie you add a monkey to that movie far superior oh, man
0: oh i can't wait for the dick tracy curious george crossover where the man one. with the yellow hat is dick tracy and they're solving a crime together that's a good movie that's gold you're on that fire tonight right man there. um dick tracy the murderer with a heart and hat of gold
1: yeah okay. but that was that was actually a legitimate one
0: Oh, yeah. I guess you're right. Yeah. All right. No, I Do you have any? It. I've got one last one. Oh, let me hear your yeah, last one. Unless you can. Can you come up with one at the top of your head?
1: Uh, no. Wait a second. Is this the movie <laughs> where they spell Dick Tracy with machine gun fire? Yes, it oh, is. Yeah, that's stupid. I love okay, it. go for it. There we go. Is that, is that one
0: of the way to tagline? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dick Tracy, the movie where they spell the movie with machine gun fire. Yeah. That's stupid. <laughs> that's
1: stupid. Yep, that's my final tagline.
0: Okay, great. Okay, my final one is Dick Tracy. If you love comic book based heroes from the 30s who fight colorful villains in front of beautiful map paintings with a score by legendary atmospheric composer Danny Elfman and music by one of music's greatest pop icons, this is the second best one you'll see
1: all year. <laughs> that was good. It had a little twist in it at the end, just like the movie. Brilliant. That's right.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Listen, you should check out Dick Tracy on your own. Let us know what you think. Here's the funniest I, I thing. hope that I hope this podcast has made you go, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to track this down. This is I am what gonna track this down. actually happened Just in my house what they say.
1: is uh, I was finishing up uh, Dick Tracy downstairs watching it on the old Apple TV finishing it up and uh my daughter's like why are you still watching this movie and I was like I got <laughs> I, I I said something like I got I got I got I got to do something with it you know I got to talk about it she's like oh yeah when is that due <laughs> like
0: like when it, is that
1: due like, <laughs> like, it like was it's a homework. project yeah. <laughs> like it was school homework oh yeah you wouldn't my be doing oldest. this for fun
0: my oldest came in, and he said, uh, hey, Dad, what are you watching? I go, I'm watching Dick Tracy. Do you want to watch a few minutes with it? And he goes, yeah, sure. What's it about? And I go, oh, it's about a detective. It's based off a comic book. And he goes, yeah, sure. And he sits there for about 10 minutes, and he goes, okay, I'm going to go to bed now. because
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm already halfway there. He said, you stick around. Madonna's going to come out with, uh, you're going right. to see some it stuff. Was re- he left right before that Woo! scene came on. And I thought, Whoo, man, yeah. we timed this one perfectly. Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, yes, uh, this, one, this, won't be, uh, this won't be rewatched anytime soon. No. But but boy, I'm glad it exists. Okay, I'm glad it exists so that it created content for us for this week's show.
1: Heck yeah, 30th anniversary. Some movies you see, you're like, "Hey, it's the it's the 30th anniversary of this movie," and you're like, "Are you kidding? That's been out for 30 years." And yeah. this one, you're like, "That just came out 30 years ago." I thought that I thought they released that in the it was a 20s. Lot older, yeah. I thought the- oh, so
0: one thing that I cannot let uh, I can't uh, not mention before yeah. we get out of this kay. is probably the most bizarre thing about this entire movie. Whoa. Is the fact that in 2008. Yes. 2008. Yes. Warren Beatty does a Dick Tracy TV special, and it's a half-hour special. You can see it on YouTube. You can watch it on YouTube. Okay. And it's Warren Beatty as Dick Tracy coming onto the lot of the Disney Studios and being interviewed by Leonard Maltin, who is interviewing Dick Tracy. As Dick Tracy, yeah. As Dick Tracy. And in this interview, Dick Tracy talks about all of the actors that played him, and then talks about how he didn't really like Warren Beatty's performance. And then at one point, Leonard Bolton says to Warren Beatty playing Dick Tracy, Well, is Dick Tracy going to be coming back? Will there be a sequel? And Dick Tracy says, Well, you'll have to talk to Warren about that.
1: Wow with this layer of like it's cheeky gritty. It's, it's self-referential. It's, it's like it's self-referential.
0: Yes. And and the entire thing is like all of the women in it are fawning all over this man. Yeah. And at this point, Warren Beatty, so this is 2008. Yeah. And I can't do the math on this right now. Okay. So it's 18 years later, 18 yeah. years after this. So Warren Beatty is 70 years old when
1: he's doing this. you got to be
0: kidding me. And he's just letting himself be fawned all over by these women and then doing his whole thing in his Dick Tracy thing, obviously setting up for the potential of there being a sequel. Mm-hmm and I'm watching this thing going, this is very bizarre. (laughs) Like this whole thing, this is very bizarre. It's not like this is being done uh, to celebrate the anniversary of Dick Tracy, um, either in the comic strip or the anniversary of the movie. Because again, it's coming out 18 years later. There's not like a reference to this. And uh, the original comic strip came out in 1931. So again, like there's no like, Oh well this it makes sense to celebrate yeah. Dick Tracy during this time. So I'm looking into this going like is this just a vanity project? Like is this just is this Warren Beatty just going crazy and yeah. thinking like oh those were the good old days no, when he, I could play No he saw a, Tom Cruise and he's lead. like how
1: old is Tom Cruise? Oh I'm only 400 years older than Tom Cruise. I still That's got right. it. <laughs> I still got it. Totally. I can do this.
0: And so I took a look into it and this is the only rational explanation okay. that I can give for why this is. So Warren Beatty had the movie rights to Dick Tracy and he was trying to develop this movie uh at one point he didn't have the rights he was brought in to do this movie he didn't like the way it was going so they parted ways they had creative differences and parted ways Warren Beatty bought the movie rights to make wow. this movie and then he, he brought it over to Disney to make it okay so he retains the sequel rights to this movie and then he got into a very large uh legal battle with I think it's Tribune Media is hmm. the one who owns Dick Tracy the comic uh the comic series yeah And so there was a a big back and forth about whether or not he had the right to make another movie. And my understanding is in this legal battle, uh, the, the judge, and maybe it was the appellate court, but I think it was the superior court judge ruled in Warren Beatty's favor and said that Warren Beatty's, uh, uh, production on a Dick Tracy TV show was his good faith effort at continuing to try to make a Dick Tracy sequel. So it preserved
1: his rights to make the sequel. So that's why that makes total sense.
0: It was a litigation tactic. Yeah, It was basically just a litigation tactic to keep this thing out of the hands of the original owners of Dick Tracy. Hmm. But yes, go on YouTube and watch this thing because it's just, it's just bizarre. It's as bananas as Dick Tracy's coat. Yeah. (laughs) There you There you go. Okay. To wrap this whole thing up. I'm going to ask you, Aaron Robbins, Uh-oh. if you were to design a Dick Tracy show ride or experience for the Disney Parks, yeah. what would
1: it be? I have to, right? There's no, there's no way out of this. There's no, like, hey, let's not do that. There's, I have to do it. Brock Eisner himself, oh wow, is
0: asking for a Dick Tracy experience, okay.
1: Dad. I think, I mean, I, I think you can't do it as anything other than a dark ride because of the black lighting and the colors yeah? being, okay. being very into that. So you're in a, you're in a. You're in a car. Here's the thing: you're in a car, a yep, fully assembled, like 1930s, you know, sort of Studer Bakery looking, you know, or sort or a of car. gangster car. Yeah, Are gangster you riding car. In the
0: car or on the side? Nope. Are you you're riding on the
1: side panel. Well, here's the thing: you're in the car and you start, you're, and you're chasing. The whole thing's about this chase sequence. So you're chasing, yep. and as you're chasing, you're losing parts of the car. Where at the end oh. of the ride, you, you the car has you know lost so many parts along the way that you're in a, in a roller coaster vehicle, and so yes. it ends with this very high speed chase under a bridge, uh, and then you finish there. So it's a it's a ride car that's slowly devolves into a roller coaster thing with a uh, dark
0: ride that begins to speed up more and more and more Yeah, into it slowly an gets faster
1: thing. as you shed parts of a car. And, and then you realize that you're just you're hanging out there in the wind or whatever. Dark ride. Uh, yeah. Are you racing alongside of a
0: gangster car? Like, is that gangster car sort of tracking along with you on this entire? Uh, on, yeah, on this entire there's ride? Well,
1: uh, yeah, there's parallel cars, and and then we use yep. some kind of imaging to put random colored coats on you, so you don't know if you're going to be a yellow coat or a red coat or a blue coat.
0: Oh, so is the other is the parallel car also another ride vehicle? Yeah, so, so like, you're just, like one side is the Dick Tracy side, and the other side is the
1: are, are the gangsters? Yeah, exactly. And then uh, <laughs> and then when you're done with the ride, a cast member gives you a balloon, and then another one just. Pops it and, and you go, what the heck? And they're like, exactly. You know yep, how you feel right now? Welcome to Dick Tracy. <laughs> Welcome to Dick Tracy. You had a balloon and now you don't have a balloon. And then can you also get adopted by Dick Tracy <laughs> yeah. in this in, in this ride? You can well? get like abducted, you, you, which is the same as, as being adopted when you're rich.
0: <laughs> they give you they give you a, a birth certificate uh, that says they legally change your name to Dick Tracy Jr. and they give you a birth certificate. Yeah. And they're like, congratulations, you're you're Dick Tracy's child. And you're just like how many oh, so I don't know how I they call him Dick in the movie. They
1: only call him Dick in the movie like once. They usually call him Tracy. They I almost believe. always call him Tracy. I think True calls Which I calls think is the right move. I think it's the right move. Oh, yeah. the right move. Well, yeah, no, it's sure. the wrong move, but it's the appropriate move.
0: It's the appropriate move. Yeah. It's the appropriate
1: move. Uh what hey. about you? What, uh, no, you have to tell me what a Dick Tracy ride looks like.
0: Oh man, I think you just I you you blew anyone that I would have had out of the water. Okay. Um uh let's see. So um I'm going to go for a uh Dick Tracy stunt show experience. Okay, fair. Uh, that happens all around. It's theater in the round. So you are in the middle of the show uh, and surrounded by a shootout between Dick Tracy and the police and Big Boy Caprice and his thugs. And at some point, you actually become a part of the show Ooh. because uh, Flat Top and. Rat face, maybe that was another one. Yeah, flat top. Y- you have a
1: very good. Ch- if you just make up a crazy right. name right now, very good flat, chance.
0: Flat top and uh, no. uh, squiggle and, nose, uh, <laughs> big top chin and, and uh, blue face. Yeah, uh, baby, uh, blue uh, blue uh, face. baby blue face. <laughs> baby flat top. And baby blue face. Take you and uh, and they they t- they hold you hostage. Yep. And Dick Tracy comes up and he fires his Tommy gun and he does a thing where he he shoots the bad guys all around you. And they fall down dead. And when you turn around, it's your outline. Oh, uh, wow. On the wall.
1: Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah.
0: What and a then fun you get episode. And uh, you get to take that home with you.
1: So nice. there you go. I thought yeah. this episode was longer than I thought and better than I thought. So that's a double win.
0: Uh, the, oh, half of that applies to Dick Tracy. It's longer than I thought. Yeah. Uh, but Dick Tracy is not better than I thought. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to uh, another Back of the Vault uh, about a movie that maybe you do or do not want to watch, but we enjoy talking about it. Uh, we we really appreciate you listening, and we love making the show, man. We hope you've enjoyed listening to it. This has been Bobbles and Banthas, and we release every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or you know wherever you listen to podcasts. And if we're not there, we want to be. So please get a hold of us and let us know where we should be, so we can put the show there as well. Please be sure to subscribe, and we would absolutely love it if you left us a review on iTunes. Five Star would be great. You can do it right in the app, right where you're listening right now. We'd love to know what you think of the show, and it also really helps other people find out about the show. Uh, we want to take a moment to thank uh, a listener, EMD80, uh, for leaving us a very, very nice review on oh, iTunes. Oh, nice. Yay. The subject says, did this just become my favorite podcast? Ah, and the answer EMD80- is Yes. It sure did. EMD80 says, I had so much fun on my normal work commute thanks to these guys. I actually felt like I was more productive at work. Uh, Again, on my commute home, I listened and enjoyed every witty second and instead of the typical, I'm tired, leave me alone with the wife and kids, I actually interacted and enjoyed their company. So if you're keeping score at home, this podcast actually made me a better employee, father and husband. If you strive for any of those, uh, listen to this podcast, seriously fun, witty, highly entertaining and they talk about all things Disney Keep the content coming, boys.
1: That's the EMD most 80. ridiculously good review I've ever read. That's, and that that's, was an awesome review. That is touching. Uh, unfortunately, it's a zero-sum game for the world because it actually does the opposite of all of those things in my life. My employers are not excited about this. They're podcast. not <laughs> happy
0: about this. Yes, you're just constantly thinking about the show.
1: Yeah, they're so tired of Scott and I being in meetings and being like, "I know, I know, I know," but what if we just podcasted right now? And they're like, "For our company?" I'm like, "No, for us." Or uh,
0: or Aaron and I being afraid to talk to each other in meetings because yeah. oh this could be valuable content we got to keep this uh, we got to keep this for the show yeah
1: there's a, a new type of social distancing that they're experiencing right. with Scott and Aaron where <laughs> it's right. for content
0: so, thank you for e- that e- review e- D, thanks so much for leaving a uh, e- D- review e- it was great
1: e- D- that was, a, that was hey. a very nice review.
0: It was a very nice review. Also just a special shout out to uh daddy daughter underscore Disney on uh, Instagram. Uh, they, they left us a very, very nice, uh, review on their Instagram stories. Speaking of Instagram, you can follow us. Uh, we're at Bob's and Bantha's there. You can also visit us at Bob's and com, And you can email us if you want to email us info at Bob's and Bantha's.com. We'd love to know what you think of the show. We'd love to know what you'd like to hear from us on a future show. So you can yeah. uh, reach us there as well. Uh, and before we sign off, you got anything else, Aaron? Do I have anything to add?
1: No, thanks for listening. Uh, and we'll see you next week. I don't know.
0: All right. Yeah. Until next week, uh, he's been Aaron. I've been Scott. And we've been bobsleds. Thanks so much. And Banthas.
1: Oh, yeah. And Banthas, too. <laughs> that's, another, that's another great Dick Tracy tag. Dick Tracy and Banthas, too. Walt Disney's Magic Kingdom Disneyland is growing every day. This Saturday night.